T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Phil's looking. And now oh And it is picked oh. off by... His third interception of the season to go along with a half sack and a fumble recovery in the first half today. I think, you know, just elevate his game in the passing game, the two-minute drills, end of half. Obviously, to start games, he's been outstanding. He's shown ability to make a ton of plays with his legs. No one questions his, his playmaking ability. Uh, but really growing as a passer is going to be the next step. And we can accomplish that now and, and obviously into the future as we continue to grow. Welcome back to the Parkinson Spiegel Show. David Haw, Adam Hogan for the guys today. Thank you to Fox Sports for that highlight or low light on Sunday. Boy, did that pass bother me. Aiden Hutchinson hiding out by the sideline like a little 5'10 cornerback, big strapping defensive lineman. Why is, why is he trying to hide? And then he picks him off. Well, and plus, it was a bad throw. I get yeah. it. But this is me apolog- wanting to be a, a Fields apologist. That should never have been thrown, but that was a cheap interception. Cheap. Everything about that play bothered me, yeah. including uh, the head coach saying that's what we would have done. We would have backed up there. And then why are you running that play? Why are you running that? that play? Why are you running that play? Okay, we digress. That was also Ryan Poles talking about Justin Fields in the context of needing to improve, the thing that we were talking about. And Brad Biggs has received a lot of attention for saying the same thing essentially this morning. I don't understand the criticism, but I'm certainly used to watching it. I'm used to hearing it. Yeah, I'm used to getting it as well. That's okay. That's part of the game. It's part of the territory. When it comes in terms of objective analysis, Adam, from the coaches, I do think it resonates a little bit more. You were at House Hall today. Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator, who I think has had a really good season. And I really I like agree. it when, when he talks to the media because I think he's, he is grounded – I think he speaks in common sensible terms, and I like what he has to say. So before we get to what he said about Justin Fields, how would you set up the way it went today with Luke Getze, what he was asked, and how he handled it? Well, first of all, it started with a, with a question from Larry Mayer, who just kind of wanted like a summary of the season, how he feels, because you know, Justin's season's over. We know that. And the answer was quick. Well, I'm just worried about the Vikings. We still got a game to play this week. And then, to his credit, I think he pivoted. It was able to pivot off that as the press conference went along and get a little bit more introspective on how the quarterback played this year. But it took us to get him back on track with this Lions game to, before he would kind of veer that way and look big picture. Okay. That's how this whole thing got set up. So, Luke Getze was 
asked about the Lions game, and Justin Fields, I think it was his second worst passing effort of the season. Obviously, the Texans was the worst, but Sunday might have been probably the second worst. And this is what Luke Getze had to say about Justin Fields against the Lions. You know, first three drives were pretty good drives. Um, after that, I didn't think he played very well. Um, in the past game, you know, we, you know, there was a, we finished that first half. You know, he threw a great ball to Cole. We did, we lost the completion. Uh, we lost the protection on the very next play, or else, you know, he he put his eyes in the right place and look, and he's about to rip it to BP who was open. Uh, we just were able to miss it. The protection kind of got to him, and then it was kind of like after that. Um, we didn't really execute really well as a, as, a, as an entire unit. It wasn't just him, I shouldn't say. but uh, And so that was a little bit disappointing. Um, but, you know, take the fumble that he had or the strip the strip fumble, you know, those those types of plays. Like we got to, you know, he snaps the ball. They're in one coverage, catches the ball. They, they rotate to a different coverage. He's got to then play the play the, you know, with better instincts. So there's things that we there's a ton of things that we got to grow from uh, those those types of opportunities and so that game gets evaluated just like every other game again I've, we're not going to make excuses about the way a protection is or the way routes were we, we we all have a job to do and everybody will be evaluated for that that's pretty candid for an offensive coordinator to talk about need the need for better instincts in reading coverages and moving off your initial read and processing that information quickly I know we didn't go into it with that detail but we know exactly what he meant it's just so refreshing. Like it's it's we we live in this world where he's he immediately and I knew before I even tweeted the quote that it was gonna I had to word it properly so with the right context as much as you possibly can in a tweet, which is not easy to do because fans were immediately gonna push back and get mad at Luke Getze for simply suggesting that the quarterback who did not play well on Sunday did not play well, right? But if you listen to all that, you hear really all we're trying to say. Which, which is just what's actually in front of you with your eyes if you really watch. Like, he's a very talented quarterback who can still get better. And in certain moments, in certain plays like that, he's got to understand. He's got to understand that the coverage changed. He's got to understand that as you're just sort of rolling out lackadaisical with the ball out here. Right. Which is not what they teach you. What he's actually been really good at this year, in my opinion, at times two hands on the football, ripping through when he's trying to step up in the pocket. I think he has done that better on occasion. The number of fumbles that yes. he has committed or assigned to him, I think it's a staggering number. It's yeah. very 16 fumbles. He's only lost two, I believe. Yep. But ball security remains one of those things I think they want to clean up. I, I think in most cases, though, I would attribute that to him taking – Hits that were Fair not, enough. not necessarily his fault. Fair this enough. one was his fault, though. And on I Sunday, think that's what it was his fault. That's, that's what, what gets, gets, gets you saying. About. Okay, like yeah. you got to have the awareness there. Yeah. The clock's got to go off. You either got to tuck it and go, or throw the ball away. You can't be in between because someone's going to come get the football eventually. How much of the responsibility when we talk about divvying up responsibility, the offensive line that can't protect, and the receivers who can't catch, and Justin Fields who has a hard time, you know, maybe processing things, whatever role that he plays in his development. How much of what has happened with Justin Fields this year, based on your experience and following it as closely as you have, what role has Luke Gessie played, both in a positive way and leaning into his strengths, doing what we always wanted Matt Nagy to do with, with Mitch Trubisky and with Justin Fields, and Matt Nagy never could do. Luke Getze did that midway through four games into this season. But overall, how would you describe Getze's impact 
on Fields' development? Well, I think it's overall been a win. Um, I think the the pivot to getting him on the move more after that mini buy was huge. What I like about this coaching staff is they've shown a willingness to change midseason when something's not working in a way that the last coaching staff did not show pretty much ever. Um, and, and, and so I like that. Where I'm a little critical because I would come on with Dan and Lawrence and Layla every Wednesday during the season, and when they were going through that peak time where they were scoring and they were running and everybody was worried he was going to get hurt, I was being clear and saying, he's really not taking that many shots, though, if you really watch it. This is all – these well, are – these so are controlled runs. Going back to that, the irony of all that was that the designed runs actually protected him more than yes. the drop back passes because your offensive line stunk so badly that he was actually in harm's way more often as a drop back passer than a quarterback sweep. Absolutely. The problem is go back to the first Lions game because it started in that game. Even though that game went relatively well for, for Justin, they started relying on the runs too much, in my opinion. And he took he took some shots in that game, mm-hmm. and I we going into the Falcons game. I was worried about that, and then that's the game he ended up getting hurt. And if you listen carefully, he tried to tell everybody during the week, "My legs are tired." That's the first time we ever heard from Justin, sort of complain about his legs. Sounds like a White Sox outfielder. Yeah, <laughs> they don't they don't want him to go 100 percent, only 70 percent running to first base. I, I I know he said that. I just felt like. Isn't that something that players say? The, the one thing about Justin Fields, and I know he's missing the finale with a hip strain, but we talked about this in the morning show as well. You don't have to wonder very much about whether or not he's in distress. You just have to watch him because he's stre- they're stretching his legs or yes. he's grimacing or – He's, he's doing something that reminds you or tells you or announces that he is, if not injured, in pain. Yeah. Now, that's just today's athlete, maybe. But I don't think you always have to wonder very much whether or not Justin Fields is feeling it or feeling or just took a big hit. He'll let you know. Yeah, and I thought he was letting us know on Sunday. I, be, I get very careful in trying to read body language, but... You know, I was there. You think the, he was fed up in the stadium? I think there was. A, I think there was frustration. I think he was probably frustrated with how he was playing too. Right. And and I think there was a lot of that. But but, but what I have liked about him and I respect about Justin Fields is that he may be frustrated and he has every right to feel fed up. I've never sensed that he's one of those guys where you know if, after a pitcher is on the mound and somebody boots a ground ball, he's like throwing his yes. hands up and. You know, making all sorts of gestures, and everybody in the stadium and ballpark knows how upset he is about his shortstop booting a ground. You, you could just say Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, he, I don't. In that regard, I don't sense a lot of diva in Justin Fields. Yeah. R- real quick on this thing about what Getsy said. There's actually more from okay. Luke Getsy that we're going to hear. But one of the things I love right now about this dynamic that I think is a positive. This is not the first time Getsy's been critical of Justin publicly. He's not going over the top. You want to hear over the top? How about Kirby Smart after the Georgia game the other day, ripping his quarterback in that on the field when the guy just had an incredible fourth quarter to get you to win the game? I realize he didn't play well earlier, but come on, man. Stetson Bennett? Yeah. I, I know, but if you're Stetson Bennett, you can take it. And well, if you're Kirby that's, Smart, you can say it. That's what I'm getting at, though. 
what I think is positive about Justin is while all these fans are a little mad that Luke Getze would simply point out that the quarterback didn't play well, which he didn't, I don't think Justin cares. I think Justin has heard this that. in the meetings on Monday and Tuesday. I agree with I that. I don't think he cares. He said it in the press conference today. And even if he does a little bit, he'll, he'll use it positively. I think also to that point, Luke Getze feels like he can say whatever he wants because Justin Fields is mentally tough enough to take it. And that's important because the last quarterback that they drafted, I don't know that he was. Yeah, I don't think he probably was. I, I think after the TVs were turned off in Hallis Hall that he heard a lot of things that were said about him. Before we get on to what Getsy else had to say, um, Stetson Bennett, Shane, future senator or country music star? Well, it's funny that you say that because I was just going to ask you guys, have you seen Stetson Bennett without his helmet on? Yes. Yeah. What narcotic or painkiller do you think he's dealing at the Georgia campus illegally? That guy looks like he was an extra in Breaking Bad cooking meth in a trailer. He, he does look completely different with the helmet off than you think he would. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He will never I have was to very pay shocked. for a drink, a meal, or parking in Athens the rest of his life. College <laughs> football legend. Fine. College football is for the birds. Oh, my gosh. What time is it? I'm about to check out. It's 3.15, and Shane's already ticked me off. Been here less than an hour and I a thought, half. I thought that happened an hour ago. Oh, yeah, I can say. That's about it's a great point. name, though. Stetson Bennett is Stetson a good Bennett name. Is it's great. pretty good. It's a good name. In concert. deals meth. Opening for Brad Paisley, it's Stetson Bennett. Ugh. Right? God, couldn't pay me. I'm just saying. <laughs> Where, or, where's Kenny Chesney on that bill? There we go. Well, you're not. Or Chris Stapleton. Peck implants. All right, let's get back to Luke Getzey. Lainey Wilson and her dump truck. No, stop it. We will not disparage country music when I'm hey, here. Hey, that's a good song, man. Yeah, it's a good song. What, the, the song about a truck or whatever? Yeah, That is a good song. Is. But I was, I was talking about Which song about a truck? It's country music. <laughs> yeah, that, Come on. That one country song about that truck. Yeah. It's a good one. And beer. Yeah. Back to Getsy. So Getsy at the podium today, very honest about Justin Fields. First four games of the season, uh, what we thought was a rough month for, for Justin. You saw things in him that, that we did not, that others did not. And, 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 it, and he improved. Overall, what do you see in him looking ahead? That maybe our, the numbers don't show that that will that indicate he will be a better quarterback next season. Yeah, um, I think the biggest thing that we do is that we continue to challenge every player and Justin uh, uh, for sure. Like so, every day we come in, we're going to challenge them, we're going to demand things from them, and as long as we see growth, we know that we're in the right path. And so, when you reflect on those questions that you guys gave me, I, that's what I saw every day. Um, I continue to see that, um, and so as we can, as we grow, go into next year, now he's had this experience, he's had these opportunities to uh, get more comfortable with the communication of the system, hopefully get more comfortable with the people around him, um, and so all that stuff. Anytime you can get that, uh, that cohesiveness of the unit together um, and knowing what the culture looks like, and he's the leader of that culture, I think all that stuff is all promising stuff. So, so, so where's the growth? What, uh, what growth do you see that... That is so, you know, the, you know. I, I, jo I just joked about it before. I just said, you know, just, just take his press conferences at the beginning of the year to his press conferences at the end of the year, right? He's sitting there telling you about every single play. I mean, he told you, oh, we had a trick play. I'm like, come on, dude, you can't do that. You can't go out in the public and say a trick. And so, no, just that 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 uh, becoming a pro, the leadership, the, you know, you guys talked about, you know, I think you got challenged last week with, you know, how, how did, what happened with Chase on the, on the sideline, and he handled that. Like, that's him becoming the leader of the football team and, um being a great pro and consistent every day, I think that's the most important thing. And then all the other stuff, those guys see every day on the practice field. They see him getting better every day. So um, 
the results of it, the statistics that everyone's looking for, those will come, and we know that. Um, but like again, like I said, the most important thing is that we continue to see growth. Do you, do you have a full enough menu of passing plays from him this season, even though the numbers are where they are right now, to evaluate the areas, like to see tangible growth and stuff that you could build on next year? For sure, because I think it's not just what you see in the game. I think you have to think of that too. I think the way that we challenge him every day in practice, from the off season to training camp to the season, um, you know, we go into the games. We try to find the best way to win the game, and so we make sure that we're we're challenging him in every possible way when we get the opportunity. Um, the amount of like situational football we do in practice is is extraordinary from every anywhere else I've been, and so all that exposure has been really good for him. You talk about instincts and instincts needing to be better. Is that something that can only be grown and continue to develop from games? Is there anything that can be done? Obviously, practice things, but is it when you talk about instincts needing to be better? Is that something that Justin just needs to see happen? Yeah, I think it's you know you 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 take it from the classroom. You take it to the practice field, and then you apply it in the games. And and so, as long as you're, you, you, he's he's proven that he can, he knows what to do. Um, he's proven in practice that he can apply. And then, as you get to the real game experience, you talk about the real speed and the the coverage is changing, or the or pressure that's that that's happening, or whatever something that changes. And then being able to, in a split second, apply it appropriately. Yes, that is that is that's definitely experience that uh, that he didn't have, and he got a lot of this year. And so, hopefully, we continue to grow. Good stuff from Luke Getze. I do think the leadership qualities have been obvious. They've been obvious from day one with Justin Fields. I do think that the way that he has been brought up, I think the fact that he's been a star since he was a high school football player, it has helped him handle and navigate the things that come with being the Bears quarterback in Chicago. I don't know if you can grow instincts. Yeah. I don't think that you do that. You either got them or you don't. I think instincts are very difficult to to manage in terms of – and when you're coaching, you know players that are instinctive. Right. And that is maybe one of their strengths. And you know players who aren't. So I think Justin Fields, certainly the instincts that are obvious to us now – Always will be and always have been. If you could take Tua Tungvaloa's anticipatory throws, that's an instinct thing. That's that's understanding when a guy's about to break open well before he is. If you could take that and add it to Fields' game, I think he's easily one of the top quarterbacks in the league. That's what he's lacking right now. And and I think that's where I, – I don't know that that's ever going to come. I think I agree with you on that because I think that's something that's really – I think you can speed it up. I think you can find – a few throws a game where you get better at that, but I don't know if it's ever going to be a strength. I just think it's different, Adam. I think it's a different type of instinct. You, that's, that's not a bad example. I, I think part of that is also coaching the experience because you're talking about receivers coming open. You can also, what he was talking about earlier, you can anticipate defenses rolling in a certain way and receivers, if you have a good rapport yeah. and chemistry with, you know they're going to cut a certain way and you can anticipate that based on your coaching and preparation and and mental work, which right now I don't think he has. Any I don't of that think with, so with anyone. But but that's I don't. I, Darnell I, I, Mooney I agree with that. And that yeah. comes over time. Instinctively, he is a much better runner than he is a thrower. Mm-hmm. By that, because what you see is him doing things that he never thought he was capable of doing as a runner. He has said that himself. He wasn't this kind of player at Ohio State. He wasn't. He, he didn't wasn't need this. To be. Yeah. He wasn't 
a, a runner in the open field is getting 21 miles per hour because he didn't have to be. He was in a safe pocket throwing to first-round draft pick receivers, and he, you know, and he was playing Rutgers and Minnesota and Nebraska. Not, not knocking them, but it's very difficult to develop these survival instincts, if you will, when you don't have to. But I want to be clear. I still think he can be good even if he doesn't develop. I do, too. Those. That's what I'm saying. I yeah, think yeah. he can be good. Be, be, I think uh, you can coach him in a way that brings out the best in him despite, despite those things. It, You're not going to grow instincts. And I think that's what happened in Buffalo, though. I, I think that's what happened with Josh Allen. You still see Josh Allen have these really like ridiculously dumb throws. from. He had a couple against the Bears just a couple weeks ago. Um, and I think there's still going to be moments like that. But, but, but they got Josh to a point where, sure, he just took off enough on his own, but then they also got him Stephon Diggs. They got him better help around him, and, I, and it's turned into a really a talented quarterback who they're getting the most out of now. He's Adam Hogue. He's in for Danny and Matt today. I'm David Haw from the Mully and Haw Show. When we come back, we heard from Luke Getze. Let's talk about what Alan Williams had to say, the defensive coordinator. I want to have a question I want to ask you about the Bears' defense and how many players on that defense – how many starters on that defense do you think are starters in 2023? It's Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Are you guys grinding or are you guys having fun? Afternoons on the score. Welcome back to Parkinson Spiegel Show. David Haw, Adam Hogue, in for the guys today. Talking Bears, talking NFL. Also, talking Jim Harbaugh. Adam, Jim Harbaugh has released a statement before we get to Alan Williams, the Bears defensive coordinator, who spoke today at Howells Hall. Jim Harbaugh released a statement. I'm aware of the rumors and speculation over the past few days, etc. And he says, as I stated in December, while no one knows what the future holds, I expect that I will be enthusiastically coaching Michigan in 2023 closes it out by saying he's talking he's talked to the president his ad and he enthusiastically expects to be coaching michigan in 2023 while no one knows what the future holds yeah a lot of words there none that really 
matter. Here, I want to contrast that to a statement Juwan Howard, Michigan's basketball coach, put out in 2020. When I wanted, was it the Lakers coming after him? Might have been the Lakers. Some, an NBA team came yeah. a, came after him, and this was his report put out or his statement, excuse me, that, uh, that it's a little different. There was a report of my name as a potential candidate for an NBA coaching opportunity. While I am flattered and know it will more than likely happen again, I am not exploring, seeking, or listening. I am the head coach at the University of Michigan. I am blessed to be working at the greatest university in the world. I am blessed to be guiding a group of wonderful young men. We have goals, dreams, and championships to win. This is where my focus is. Hmm. That was a little more emphatic. Yeah, that was a little bit more of uh, I'm not going anywhere. Well, I think that we would be less skeptical of what Jim Harbaugh's statement suggests if he had not gone through what he went through last February. Yes. On the eve of National Signing Day, he interviewed with the Minnesota Vikings. Looking forward to talking to Dave Wanstead at 4 o'clock. He can fill in some of the gaps here. We talked to Wani on the morning show on Tuesday about this, and he knows Jim Harbaugh very well, as, as everyone knows. So get his thoughts on Harbaugh and whether or not the Broncos or I think the Colts will make a run at him because I do think the Colts make sense. If When he walks into Lucas Oil Stadium and he looks up at the, you know, the, the rafters and he sees his uniform yeah. retired, Essentially, he's in the ring of honor, right? Have you guys well, ever? I don't, think, I don't think it was a uniform retired. He's just in the ring of honor. So his name is preserved forever. Have you guys talked about that? His name being in the ring of honor? He was there for four years with a losing record. It's one of the more bizarre ring of honors I've, I can think I of. I don't know if you lived through that, Adam, but that, those were some great days to be a Colts fan. I, Not that I was a Colts fan, but I know people who are, and they love Jim Harbaugh. Love him in Indy. I, it's almost like if Josh McCown was in the Bears Ring of Honor. Why isn't he? <laughs> or maybe if Jim Harbaugh was in the Bears Ring of Honor. Well, maybe better. Yeah. He he got the Colts into within one game of the Super Bowl. Was that the AFC Championship game they got beat by the, the Steelers? Whatever the case, the Colts love him. Ursays yeah. love him. And you could see that making sense and being a good fit if he were to leave Michigan for the NFL. Also... The sense that, as Dave Wanstead suggested the other day, there might be an element of, of Jim Harbaugh, like many college football coaches, just tired of the mess. The tired yeah. of the complexity of dealing with NIL and conference expansion and all kinds of things. That's a very real thing that a lot of coaches are dealing with. I think that that that, that was kind of Paul Chris falling out at Wisconsin. He just always a Wisconsin link. He wanted to do the X's and O's, and they wanted a – modern-day college football head coach, and that's hard to do. But I do think Harbaugh's dealing with it pretty well. The fact that despite interviewing in Minnesota last year on signing day, he still (laughs) delivered a pretty good signing uh, day class. Uh, Would you rather have the Colts or the Broncos job? Good question. uh, Colts. I think so, too. I would want the Colts. Because you don't have all that money committed to a quarterback who's trash. Yeah. Yeah. I I wouldn't want the— You have Quentin Nelson. I wouldn't want the burden of Russell Wilson. I would want the presence of Quentin Nelson. Yeah, I and you have JJ Stankovitz as your PA announcer. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the number one reason. Yeah, obviously. I think Indy would be a better job right now. Now, certainly, if you, it's going to be a while before the Broncos are out from under that burden of a contract with Russell Wilson, and he's not the same player clearly as we saw this year. Even if you surround him with better talent, I'm not so sure that he's ever going to recapture that. 
Whereas in Indy, I think if you – the story in Indy since Andrew Luck retired is if you get the quarterback right, you're headed places. Yeah. They just haven't gotten the quarterback right. Those new owners in Denver have a lot of money to spend. They're going to have to spend a lot of money on the coach because who like even if you're Sean Payton, is that the job you want? I don't I don't know. What's better than that? I mean, it, going he, back to New he's Orleans. He's not going he's not going to the Colts. He's not going back to New Orleans, is he? The uh, Cowboys now the Cowboys if the Cowboys uh implode during the postseason and Mike McCarthy finds himself in in job jeopardy and that's a possibility with Jerry Jones, yeah. then that makes the most sense. The shadow of Sean Payton looms large over Mike McCarthy. I think that's a possibility. They would have to lose in spectacular fashion in the playoffs, which with the Cowboys is always possible. Yeah, when the Cowboys lose in the playoffs, it's typically yeah. in spectacular fashion because everything is bigger in Texas. It just is. The reactions are. They're, over, they're outsized. And so you can see that happening. But Sean Payton, we got a call this morning, I believe it was. Might have been a texter. If Sean Payton is available... Somebody wanted to fire Matt Eberflus oh, yeah. and, and hire Sean Payton. And well, pull a, that was a, Danny, wasn't it? A Rick Renteria. Danny wants to fire Matt Eberflus if Luke Getze has a threat for another NFL job. And promote Getze? Yeah. And then bring Sean Payton in as offensive coordinator. Okay. Because Sean Payton would work for Luke Getze. This is a whole other conversation. Yeah, I, it is. I, I, I think people are forgetting the value of just having a head coach that concentrates on being a head coach. Yep, and I think that's what Matt Eberflus has done this year. And this year, when you look at their defense, the defensive-minded head coach has had a defense that has been awful. And Alan Williams, I think, has done still a commendable job of representing that defense on a weekly basis, talking about what has to be a difficult thing to watch. And so you look ahead, Adam, and I talked about before the break, how many starters on – this Bears defense, when healthy, are guys you can count on in 2023. Alan Williams talked today about two of the rookies who have been in the secondary that have been, uh, until recently, I think pretty bright spots in reasons for hope. I see guys improving at little by little. You know, as, as we talk about this, Kyler Gordon has gotten better. Eddie, before he got hurt, was I'd say that Eddie should have been in the, in the Pro Bowl. Brisker is playing very, very well. Before Jack Sanborn got hurt, he was a topic of discussion each week, and we said, hey, he looks like a, a real starting linebacker. So there are pieces in there when you say individually that can play when in football. And so when I do think I, I feel encouraged about those pieces and those pieces being together, and so I do see that Next year, the results will be better. What does Dominique Robinson have to do in your mind to get to the next level? Yeah. Um, uh, in the off, well, what does he have to do to the next level? Um, this year? <laughs> uh, as we, uh, just moving forward, yeah. Um, you know, go away, when he goes away, he's going to go away with the idea that uh, he's going to change his body around a little bit um, for uh, – a 17, 18, 19, 20 uh, game season. And so your body has to be ready to do that. Um, uh, so that that's one piece. Uh, coming in, knowing what you have ahead of you, that's another piece. That, um, that everything is not a new experience. So we do see Dominique getting better game by game. But uh, there are experiences that he goes, oh, OK, 
I know what you're talking about now, and I've, I've experienced that, not just, hey, I saw it in practice, you told me about it, but have I experienced it? So every experience won't be a new experience, and I do think that when that happens, on top of um, uh, your body being bigger, your body being stronger, um, that you'll get a better product from him. That's Alan Williams, the Bears defensive coordinator. I like both coordinators and how frank they are and how clear they explain clearly they explain what's going on. Dominique Robinson is perfect example of what we're talking about with this Bears defense. Good potential, high ceiling, if you will, low floor, and the kind of guy that pressed into duty before he's ready. And he has struggled. And he started out great. He had a good couple games to begin the season. But I think the wear and tear uh, and just the pounding of playing defensive end in the NFL, it's exposed what he isn't yet, and that's an NFL defensive end. Tanny, that was almost the, uh, an amazing slip-up for a potential drop. What does Dominique Robinson need to do? Go away. Yeah, when he goes away, <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, what are they going to do to this And then he kind of caught himself. This kid's got to go. Yeah. Uh, no, you, you know what? I, I honestly had no expectations for him this year, and I don't mean that in a negative way. We had a – here's this kid who played wide receiver, you know, trans – Change positions very late at a Mac school. No, no disrespect to Mac schools. Hey obviously. Now. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa, yeah. Whoa, 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 This is a former starting safety. I said no for disrespect. The Ball State Cardinals, David Haw. You know, if you say with all due respect, you could say anything after anybody the in the room that's not going to try to alienate me by six o'clock. I, David, I'm here for your Maction. Okay. Thank you. I love Maction. Go ahead, Ed. Okay. Uh, Okay. The czar of 670 to score. And, of course, we're talking about Mitch Rosen. <laughs> you know, he could have been in Alabama. If you change from a wide receiver yeah. to a defensive end, I'm not expecting you to do a lot in your rookie season as you're still trans- – and now you're going up to the NFL level. My point is I think Dominique Robinson almost accidentally set unfair expectations for himself by playing well the first I think that's a good weeks. observation. He really did. He came out of nowhere. All right, back to the original question. Eddie Jackson, yes. Jaquan Brisker, Kyler Gordon, Jalen Johnson, Nick Morrow. He's on no. a one-year deal. They bringing him back? I don't. I wouldn't. Okay. Jack Sanborn. Jack Sanborn a starter next year? I believe so. Is your defense going to be what you want it to be if Jack Sanborn is a starter on your defense? And is he in the outside or is he in the middle? I think he's your Mike linebacker. All right, I'll grant you that. Yeah. I don't think he can be your best player, but I think he can be a starter. There's five. Yep. Anybody in your front four worth keeping as a starter next year? No, I, I think ideally Justin Jones is a rotational backup who can play one technique, three technique, and end for you. So if you're replacing your entire front four, you are drafting high on the defensive line with one of your two pick or with one of your first round picks, if it's second or third, probably, and you are signing a free agent, edge rusher and or defensive tackle, maybe both. And you're looking for depth pieces. You know what stood out to me Sunday in Detroit? The Detroit Lions introducing, when they did their starting lineup, all their offensive and defensive linemen. And that was it. And that showed you what they've been putting an emphasis on. I think that will be an emphasis for this Bears team and Ryan Poles, but it really hasn't been yet. You know what stood out to me Sunday in Detroit? (laughs) Jaquan Brisker flailing after running backs one after another and regressing badly. When did he forget how to tackle? Uh, I love the kid. I did. I think he's great. I would draft him again where they drafted him in spite of who else was on the board. I think he has had a good rookie season. 
but he's regressed the last couple weeks as a tackle. Quanny B looked bad throwing his arms at the five-yard line to prevent that Quanty touchdown. Quanny B, what is this, FM radio? That's what, that's what we call him on this oh, show, that, Quanny oh, B. Quanny B. Quanny B, baby. Very cool. Quanty We're not that cool B. in the morning show. I know. Yeah. I listen. Jaquan Brisker. <laughs> Quanny B. Quanny B. He needs to tackle better. Let's agree on that. Get uh, Dustin to call him Quanny B all tomorrow morning. <laughs> I will. See if he can do he that. He'll do that. That'll be a lot of fun. All His right. eye discipline all year has not been great, though. You need good eye discipline as a safety. Yeah. That's, yeah remember yeah. the Giants game? I do. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, and there yeah. goes Daniel Jones again. That was bad. Naked bootleg. All right, let's Touch switch gears. Down. You're a White Sox fan. The White Sox had a press conference on Wednesday. They introduced their new left fielder, Benny. Andrew Benintendi. I want to know. I want a ruling on the nickname, and I want to know how he fits in. We'll talk to Adam Hogue about that next. Adam's in for the guys. I'm David Haw on the Parkinson Spiegel Show, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Now, here's the 0-1. Swung on, there it goes. Deep right, it is high. That is far. And it's gone. He hit his first home run. It couldn't have come at a better time. Benny. Oh, Malta Benny. In the right field seats. And that's raining. Benny's from heaven. A two-run blast. And the Yankees now take a 4-2 lead. Welcome back to Parkinson Spiegel's show. David Haw, Adam Hogan for the guys today. Thank you, WFAN, John Sterling. And the highlight, Andrew Benintendi. Benny's from heaven. Might steal that or not. I won't. Andrew Benintendi, the new White Sox left fielder, former Yankee, former Royal, new White Sox left fielder. Upgrade. Also, the most expensive free agent ever. The five-year, $75 million contract. Rick Hahn explained the deferment. I, I don't know if he explained it as much as the release explained it, but he's getting a bonus, and they're, they're deferring a lot of the salary. It's a creatively done contract. But I found it interesting, Adam, a couple of things. Number one, Sox were in on him from day one. Yes. All this time we thought Rick Hahn is going to the trade route, and I'm not throwing money at the problem. They were throwing money at the problem. They thought they were. that was plan A. Plan A was throwing money at the problem. Rick Hahn was bluffing. Number two, there's only one Benny in Chicago sports, and that's Benny the Bull. I love Benny the Bull. Yeah, we can't take that away from, <laughs> from Benny the Bull. But I don't know. I just the original Benny the Bull, by the way. The yeah. original Benny the Bull. The, the, the portly Benny the Bull. The one <laughs> that, that would scare the version. crap out of children today. Yeah, the one that, the, the one that would pour popcorn over reporters on deadline that Benny the Bull not that I've ever had an experience with that the woke left media drove out that Benny the Bull and the original uh, Blue Devil at DePaul okay that yeah. Might, that yeah might be true yeah that's Joe Biden's America for you and also double thanks A-Rod A-Rod Aaron Rodgers in the studio yeah no but you're right Rick Hahn wanted to draft Andrew Benintendi but they gave that pick to Nick Hostetler and he went with Carson Fulmer. I think it's funny, though, that White Sox are, like, touting these guys that they wanted to draft. Yeah, well, <laughs> but, but Tanny, how many times... why Hostetler was bumped down. How many times do the White Sox acquire a guy five years after they really wanted him? It happens over and over and over again. Least, Ramirez, Andrew Jones, Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. At least this one still has time left in his career. Mark Tian. Mark Tian. That's a good one. Yeah. Mark Tian. There's a couple... There's a, that's a Jake long Peavy. list. Who's your favorite former washed-up White Sox? That's that's a segment right there. Kevin Euclid. Yes. 
Definitely. It's always, it's always these guys, they, they okay. have tried but to acquire fairness, three different times. There's one list of those guys, the Griffies and all of that. And then there's Ben Intendi, who is still a all-star caliber outfielder. And look, here's the thing. He meets the minimum job description. This is progress for the White Sox. He doesn't have to hand in a first baseman's glove when he goes to the outfield. He is an outfielder. Yes. He is an upgrade, and he's going to keep Aloy Jimenez as a designated hitter. That, to me, is progress. Well, yeah, and I do think there is progress there, and I think that was the hard truth of letting Jose Abreu go to create this situation, and I do think it's the the right direction to go to kind of clean up some of this messiness that's been there with multiple positions and five first basemen on the team. So I do think that helps. It's still, for me, hard to get that excited when this is your big move of the offseason. Adam, check the calendar out, okay? It's January 5th. It's Virginia yeah. McCaskey's birthday. Uh-huh. We're not even through the the offseason yet. The hot stove is still plugged in. I, yeah. I understand the cynicism. It's, con- it's a conditioned response to all things White Sox. I get that. I, I enjoy that. Uh, on, a, on a daily basis, talking White Sox and, and holding them accountable and, and all those things. But this is a good move, and they're not done yet. And if you take Rick Hunt at his word, and I don't know how much you want to do that anymore, and I understand that too, but they still need a second baseman. He was pretty open about that. There's, they're not done looking. They still need um, a catcher because Yasmani Grandal can't squat for more than 100 games, and that's being optimistic. I don't care how long he's worked out with the Blackhawks trainer. You're not going to get 100 games or more out of him. So you still need a catcher. You still need a second baseman. And I still think you need a bullpen piece. And maybe if you make a trade, you, who knows what you're going to do with the starting pitching situation. But this is a good move. T- Texter says, did they ever get Sean Figgins or are they still trying, still trying. trying that too? Kenny's still trying. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> That's Kenny's guy. Here's my question. I want to run this by Shane and Tanny too. Like, they <laughs> – I think part of the reason why it's hard to get excited right now is are they they don't seem to be trying to market this team at all right now. I didn't I didn't even know this until these guys, these guys told me this, but they didn't even broadcast this press conference yesterday anywhere. Okay, why seriously? Because you're, why does that bother you? Because if you're a fan, you want to watch it. And this this organization is trying to convince fans right now that they will be a watchable product in 2023. Jerry Reinsdorf owns a huge chunk of NBC Sports Chicago. You're not utilizing that. It's free to put the freaking press conference up on your Twitter feed, YouTube, whatever. I, I don't know what you do when I'm not here, but you're not going to cuss when I am. I just, what did you say? Frickin'. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, also, they have Sox TV. They do a great job. You can yeah. you can show this to your fan base without being on television, like be on YouTube Live. Like they yeah. did it right with. What's Grifol. your theory is why they don't? Because there has to be a reason, right? Understaffed, maybe. I don't know. I have no idea why they wouldn't. This is the biggest signing in their team's but history, got, as you said. I don't know why they wouldn't. They got rid of Soxfest. They they the promotional calendar is like stripped down crazy next year. There's there, there's the, I, I'm being serious right now. That I don't I don't know what it is. But those of us that are, I think are have close, um, you know, emotional ties to the team, they're not doing much to make you want to be excited. I don't disagree with that, but let me ask you this: Do you think that, in all seriousness, they feel a little bit burnt by expectations in the fact that they That's were their raised? Fault. They 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 screwed up the whole rebuild by the manager they hired. They can't be. They can't. 
they, they can't be but like the lesson, play, playing a victim card the, now over the, that while their fans I, I are don't, mad. I'm not suggesting they're playing the victim card, but if you have raised expectations in the past and failed to meet them and had a bad experience as a result and you still feel like your fan base is scarred by that and cynical because of that, the next time around, maybe they had a conversation like, hey, let's tone things down. Let's sneak up on people. Let's not raise the bar or expectations to the point where they were before because all we can do by if we do that is disappoint our fan base. I mean, hey, David, here's what, I, got, I got two things for you. When you and your wife get in a fight, which I imagine doesn't happen at all because you are the most pleasant man on the planet, <laughs> do you just stay away and n- not try to go above and beyond to make her happy after you made a clear mistake? Fair question. Okay, number two. Tug at your heartstrings here. They got rid of dog day last year. Ugh. They didn't even allow the dogs in. I, 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 yeah. I, they they I, let them out. I, I can't even. Yeah, you're right. Wait, let them have let the dogs They out, let the dogs out. The White Sox let the dogs out. Who, 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 who? That's, that's, a, that's a bridge too far. And it, <laughs> the party was not jumping, by the way, last year. <laughs> Somebody called the Baja. Man. I just don't know what would compel them not to want to bring attention to something that is a positive story. Uh, Andrew Benintendi signing the richest free agent contract in team history is a positive move. I, I agree. That's why I, I, I'm, I'm bringing it up because I'm confused why they don't want to we do that. We want them to brag about it. Yes. It's an awesome like- move. Brag about the good move you made. This isn't a, a three-year, $17 million contract for Larry Garcia we're talking about. The fan base will love this guy. Give them an opportunity by showing it on television or on, on live on YouTube or Twitter. Benny, they didn't do any of those things. And he's wearing number 23. I don't like that. Jermaine Dye, Robin, Robin Ventura. Ventura. Yeah. Mark Tien. Mark, did Mark Tien wear 23? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. loved Mark Tien, man. Oh, my gosh. A lot of Mark Tien references today. It's good. And Baja, man. Not enough. Yeah. Sox going to report to the spring training next month thinking that they can win the division quietly. Very, very quietly. They're still going to be the favorites, aren't they? No. Guardians. Uh, All that pitching, don't you think? Yeah. Sox won't be the favorites. Maybe. I hope not because Pedro Grafal wants to go in there and kick some butt. He's ready. Called him out. Did you see him on the podcast? Did you guys have that yesterday? On the yeah, Baseball Isn't Boring podcast? Pedro Grafal says he looked forward to playing the White Sox because, or when they did, he, he could tell if they had energy or not. Yeah. He kind of hinted at that before. That's... Pedro Grafal doing bourbon and a buddy next week. So we'll get some even deeper answers from Pedro Grafal. Bueno, caballo, te quiero mucho, okay? Yes. Ask him why they got rid of Dog Day. What's bourbon and a buddy? My podcast. Oh! The one that Rick Hahn did. Oh, that's right. Okay. For the record, I knew that. Well played. Yeah, you're right. Are you guys having a bourbon with Wani? I'm about to go get his glasses. Yes. We are having a bourbon with Dave Wanstead. Whenever he gets here, he's already late because he's not early. I'm on Coughlin time. I don't know what he's doing. But he needs to, his watch is broken. But Wani will be here, and when he is, we'll get into football again. Adam Hogue, David Haw, in for the guys. Parkinson Spiegel, Chicago Sports Radio, six seventy. The score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest five G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to twenty percent versus AT and T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. For a test- 
Check your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.